Welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me are Dixie Cochran. Hello. And Matthew Dawkins. Hello. And this week... <laughs> what? I haven't even started yet. What, what was wrong What's with that on? hello? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Unpack that. that, unpack that. What happened there? I, I don't know. I, I never know what Matthew's going to do. I always have like some like in anticipation when I'm waiting. Because sometimes we're all like, you know, excited and just like, hey, how's it going? And sometimes we're all like, let's be weird. And it was just, uh, I don't know. I just, That's because I just I'm the her, 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 a chaotic neutral Malkavian. But what? what? No, I'm, that un, I'm that unpredictable. I can come out with anything oh, at I any see. point. Pop, whiz, bang, my old man's a mushroom, etc. You've just added alignment to a vampire. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, well, that's what Malkavians do. I'm, I'm given to understand Malkavians are the fun clan. That is not true in any real sense. That, that's how I've written them for V5. <laughs> or, you are a liar. <laughs> it's the fun clan. The clan of fun. Yeah. As long as setting people on fire is your idea of fun, then yes. For the Malkavian, it might be. Right, well, that's true. Uh, but, um, so this week, um, kind of an emergency-ish episode. Um, Not an emergency. Uh, uh, well, no, but I mean, you know, we're recording this really close to time. Um, it's a lot of stuff happening, but we are going to do, uh, we got a chance to record, well, Travis Leigh got a chance to record a couple of panels from Gen Con. Um, so we did it last year, we did it again this year. Um, and this time we're going to do the uh, What's Up with Onyx Path panel, so... Uh, the, the, this panel's a little different than we've done it in previous years. Um, we didn't specifically have any big announcements, quote-unquote, at Gen Con. Um, we really were restructuring kind of what we, how Gen Con fits into our plans. Um, we didn't have a booth there, for example. Um, uh, so it's more about kind of educating people and talking about all the amazing stuff we have going on. Um, so... A lot of the panel, if you've been following along, you're going to hear some things you probably heard before because it was the goal was to try to educate people who hadn't been aware um, that you know we're doing things like you know aberrant and adventure or that we're you know doing V5 Chicago. If you are one of our avid readers of the Monday meeting notes and you feel like skipping this episode, we won't be super upset. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what Eddie's saying. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. if you know everything we're doing because you follow all of our stuff, it's okay. You could take a week off. Right. Or you just go to the outro where we're going to talk more and be weird. <laughs> yes, because uh, we're, we're, we're super known for concise and on-topic outros. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you know, um, I, I, I just come here for the intros and the outros. <laughs> Literally, that's all you do. <laughs> yeah, even in the episodes where it's all just us three and we don't have a guest. <laughs> you just kind of slide through the rest of it. Yeah. There was yeah. there was one episode a while back. I forgot which one it was. It was, it was the the three of us. But for some reason, you just either either you didn't have much to say for a while, or you got like distracted. I have no idea. But like you just didn't talk for a good chunk of the middle. And then when you came back in, I had at least one person who listens be like, I was startled. I forgot Matthew. <laughs> That that's me being respectful to my co-hosts. Occasionally, I'll chime in with a mm-hmm, yeah, okay. Oh, well, that's really interesting. See, we need these little sound bites again, don't we? I need to record a a uh, what are they called? Soundboard. Yes, a massive right? soundboard, so that if if it sounds like I'm not engaged, we can at least insert a few. Wow, <laughs> that's really interesting. I'm not doing that. Yeah, really, Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be you funnier if I was talking, Eddie? yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, I, I will. I will try my hardest, listener, dear dedicated listener, who was concerned about my whereabouts to to sound a little more involved. Uh, I promise that when I'm quiet, I am listening. I am just uh, listening attentively and probably on mute. And so when I am going, mm-hmm, yeah, right, okay, I'm recording. You yeah. just don't hear me, right? <laughs> I've definitely had that happen recording the podcast before where I had muted myself because, like, Eddie was telling a story. And then I, like, you know, laughed or said, like, oh, cool, or whatever. And it just, I was like, oh, I wasn't. Oh, well. Lost the moment. <laughs> well, and we guys can both practice your uh, ums and interruptions while we uh, go to the panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm, yep. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Wow. What? Hello, this is uh, What's Up with Onyx Path, part two. Uh, our first one was on Thursday, so if you missed out on this, that's why we're here a second time. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm the operations director for the company. I do all of our retail. I do all of our fulfillment. Uh, once developers give me books, I actually get them out for you to buy them. I work with our partners, Drive Through RPG, Studio Two, uh, Indie Press Revolution. Uh, Studio Two and Indie Press Revolution, uh, are selling books for us here at the show. Uh, IPR has a big 50% off sale for you World of Darkness fans, so definitely check that out. We just debuted Scion 2nd Edition here at Gen Con. And everyone else introduce themselves? Alright, I'm Crystal Mazer. I am a freelance writer and game developer. Um, with Onyx Path, I wrote on Chicago by Night and over Leather Street Streets Run Red. Um, and I've been helping out with the booth and everything like that for many years. Plus community content. Oh, community content. Um, I was part of several community content launches. <laughs> um, and uh, so I have other stuff out there that is not official, but pretty awesome. Uh, my name is Eddie Webb. Um, I am a uh, full-time freelance uh, writer, developer, and game designer. Um, one of my clients is on this path where I act as the in-house developer, um, helping to uh, shepherd projects like uh, Scion, Trinity Continuum, uh, Sophie Rising, Scarland, so on and so forth. Um, I also uh, am a creator of Pugmire, which I just create our own project I do within context of Onyx Path. Woohoo! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All that. I'll do my best. <laughs> um, I'm Travis Legg. I'm, I too am a full time freelancer. I uh, most recently am the line developer for Scarred Lands, which is awesome. Um, I know probably not the best audience to say this in front of, but it is my favorite D&D setting. Uh, I've gotten into trouble saying that four or five times already this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> this is Travis's latest book. Here. This is our latest book, the uh, Blood Sea 5e. It's amazing and I love it. And you should, I really, I've, I've likened it to like, I get to, you know, I get to date the prom queen that I've been pursuing all through high school now. This is my favorite <laughs> setting, has been since uh, 2000, 2001. And now I get, to, I get to play around in it, so I'm ever grateful. Uh, aside from that, I am the, I, I think the title is like Twitch Programming Coordinator for Onyx Path. Sure. Um, Sounds right. Now it is. For the, right. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations. So, so as we're, so as we're uh, ramping up the Twitch channel, I'm uh, curating and recruiting uh, and creating new content for that channel uh, to make sure that you can see all of our games on, on Twitch. Ideally, the, the aim is seven days a week, you'll be able to log on and see something. We're not quite there yet, but soon. Uh, and that's a work in progress. And then I've done 
a fair bit of community content, uh, launch day content for um, Story Path Nexus and for some of the, for Canis Minor, I think I did launch day or very yep. close thereafter. Yep. And then um, also like for Storytellers Vault, I did a lot of launch day content and a couple of the style guides. So. How about uh, Vengeance? Oh, right. So there's this, uh, <laughs> so there's this huge thing that's been taking up most of my life that I totally forgot about. Um, <laughs> I'm coordinating a for the Slurishian Vault, which is the uh, Scarred Lands Community Content Program. Uh, myself and about 20 other creators have been working together to create a um, collective campaign where uh, a couple creators will be working on one adventure, uh, a couple others will be working on like a side quest. And so it's all connected as if it were like a standard uh, campaign book. So, you know, think, you know, Storm King's Thunder, Curse of Strahd, uh, that level of content creation, but it's being spread out among like 20 different uh, community content creators uh, working in collaboration with one another. And that has been releasing. We started rolling it out first week of July, I think. And it's we've got uh, two products coming out every week right up, I think, till mid-September, I think, is when it finally will be ending. So it's right in the middle right now. The uh, fan response has been huge. It's been awesome to see. It's been nice mm. to see some other community content stuff mm. springing up from the creators involved and just from other people that sort of uh, tie into it as well. So it's, an, it's kind of an open invitation as well if you're checking it out and you're interested in community content. You're looking at this and you're like, oh, there's a spot here that I think uh, some more story content could, could happen. That's what the community content programs are for. That's what Solution Vault's for. You could create your own adventure that you could plug in with that as well. So it's it's been really fun and interesting to do. So that's me, I think. All right. I'm John Sneed. I'm probably the person here who's been working with some version of Onyx Path, White Wolf, way back <clears> in <throat> the Lion Rampant Games, the longest. <laughs> and I'm a freelance, uh, full-time freelance writer and now developer. Uh, I've worked on almost everything, <laughs> and I'm now the developer for uh, Trinity Continuum Maya, which is at the printers, five years after I first started designing things, so yay. Yeah, they're in the end. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, got a lot of things to do with uh, that, still currently working on projects as a writer with... Uh, Scion and Mage. And I think that's the only things I've got ongoing at the, at the moment. But uh, yep, and I. Oh, and, and Exalted. Always right for Exalted. Been here since the beginning, too. Awesome. So uh, 2019 has been a really uh, a year of evolution for us. We're, we've implemented a lot of new strategies. Starting last year uh, after Gen Con and was rolling through a bunch of them. You've heard us about a few of them already. The new Twitch uh, setup, which Travis is coordinating, uh, and Matthew Dawkins is uh, building our YouTube channel and getting content there. And he's got a weekly Onyx Path news uh, short segment. And one of the things, if you've been to Gen Con with us in the past, we've had a big booth and we've done the Gen Con brochure and that's where we announced everything. We, we artificially hold news back just for that. Well, we decided uh, uh, during 
one of our big uh, team meetings. Performance, yeah. That that's unfair to some of our projects because if we're announcing fifteen mm-hmm. new things all at once, some very cool stuff gets lost in that conversation because mm-hmm. people focus on one mm-hmm. thing or another. So instead of holding news back for a kind of an arbitrary date, we're now going to be organically releasing news and announcing new books throughout the year as it makes sense. A couple of the press releases we have here that everybody can take one if they want. Uh, we're, uh, we'll start with the Blood Cults book, which is our next V5 supplement. Uh, Eddie, do you want to take that one a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Um... Uh, Cults of the Blood Gods is kind of our uh, uh, book of dark magic uh, for Vampire the Masquerade. Um, so we go into uh, things about uh, vampire cults specifically and warring heresies and ideologies. Uh, something that um, Vampire the, the Dark Ages touched on more, the modern day has really gotten into. So we're actually going to go into what it's like to have those ideologies in, in more direct conflict. Um, as well as uh, faiths based up around Methuselah worship. Um, as you're worshiping the, the, the various Methuselahs of the clans. And then also we're going to be introducing uh, setting rules and advice for the Hikata, the clan of death, which the, the Giovanni and the Cappadocians have come to a, a, a sort of an agreement and you know, now have been reformed as a new clan of death. Uh, did yeah. anybody hear back to Chicago by night? <clears throat> Crystal was one of the authors on that. We just yeah. sent the so PDF. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Forgot. <laughs> you always forget about me. It's <laughs> uh, um, so line developer for years. <laughs> so, uh, we just sent the PDF out to backers on that, and mm-hmm. the team is working on the stretch goals for that, and the uh, second team is working on Blood Cults, and there's some crossover between the writing teams. Yep. Plus, uh, some of the people that worked on Chicago are also working on Modiphius's Fall of London Chronicle. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, there's some real good coordination there which has been a ton of fun seeing the two creative teams some of which are the same people uh, bounce ideas back and forth um, and if you go to Modifius's booth here at the show you can play V5 uh, demos some of which include Chicago Bennett content there are also a bunch of actual plays that are out there now for Chicago by Night um, using the Kickstarter backer um, PDF that just went out um, if you are interested and have not gotten it on the Kickstarter, you can still pre-order through the backer kit. So go to the Kickstarter page or go to the Onyx Path page or look at the Monday morning meeting notes, and you can get um, the information to do that. And uh, following the Monday meeting notes or our Twitch and YouTube mm-hmm. news segments is the best way to find out when the Kickstarter for the uh, Blood Cults book will be launching. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next Kickstarter is actually for Chronicles of Darkness. It's Deviant the Renegades. That should be launching towards the end of this yep. month. Awesome. Tar- we, we don't have an exact launch date yet, but we'll let you know as soon as we lock that down. Um, we just finished the Average Kickstarter. Yep. And on um, Tuesday, we as the closeout for that, we announced Adventure as the next major book in the Trinity line. Eddie, do you want to take the Dragon one as well? Sure. Um, one of the things that we announced actually uh, early on in the year uh, was Scion Dragon. Um, when we started doing Scion Second Edition, we definitely wanted to make sure that we were covering um, the same rough ground as First Edition. So we still have Hero, Demigod, God. That's, you know, Demigod's being progressed now. God is on the way. Um, but one thing Rich was really passionate about was expanding the world of Scion as well. Um, so uh, Dragon is going to introduce a new third faction into the Titan War. So um, as opposed to this being a, a 
add-on probe. You basically take Scion Origin and then you can take Scion Dragon and start playing in that direction in lieu of playing Hero. Um, so it allows just to take the new structure of second edition and introduce some flexibility. And so these are, this could be much more of an um, espionage approach to things. So dragons are much more secretive. They've actually infiltrated both the Titans and the Pantheon, which is why you see dragons in both of them, is because they've managed to infiltrate both sides of the war and manipulate their own ends. And as opposed to uh, a scion of the gods, uh, Eventually meeting, they're being visited by their parents. Um, the dragons start to unlock ancient memories as they start to realize the plans, for good or for ill, of their progenitor. Um, and also in conjunction with that, we are doing Scion's Masks of Mythos, um, which is a Cthulhu pantheon. Uh, this is definitely going to be kind of an alternative take on Scion, so you use this as kind of a, a darker view of it. Um, and so the rules are going to be tweaked a little bit to reflect that, that, that tone, um, but it allows us to explore what happens when a pantheon either goes bad or just starts off bad, um, that, that, where they're just explicitly malevolent, and what do the scions of those kinds of gods look like. Um, and that's being, uh, uh, Scion Drag is being developed by uh, Danielle Lazon, who's been a developer with us for many, many years, um, and Masks of Mythos is being developed by uh, Chris Spivey of Harlem Unbound fame. So are those going to be charms? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what order we're doing them in and when, um, but uh, they're coming up relatively soon because uh, the manuscripts are getting wrapped up for those. And, and again, they're all being produced in conjunction with Demigods, which have three books kind of in rough parallel right now. So once those manuscripts roll in and we're happy with them, then we start prioritizing when the Kickstarter is going to be. We'll announce what the next Kickstarter is at, right after the event. So we kind of try to focus our energies mostly one at a time, except... Um, Hold on to that for a second. We'll get to something uh, related to Scion. We announced uh, the Storypath Nexus Community Content Program earlier this year, mm -hmm. uh, which is our third community content program. Canis Minor was the first one. Sarah's yep. involved for Scarlands was the second. Yep. The difference about the Storypath Nexus program is it's going to encompass all of our Storypath games. Um, early on, uh, I decided that it didn't make a lot of sense for us as a team or for you for us to do separate community content programs for every single game. Pugmire and Mao having their own program makes sense. Yep. Scarlands having its own program, but Storypath, we're going to start with Scion, uh, some great content. I think Travis and Crystal have both yep. put uh, some up, has already been, and then we'll add Trinity once Trinity drops on Drive RPG, and then we'll add Dystopia Rising, and They Came From Beneath the Sea, <laughs> and any future Storypath games will get their own unlock after that. Mm -hmm. um, but, going back to Kickstarter for a second, this will be the first time we have two Kickstarters running concurrently. We are working with Handyworks Games to do the Scarred Lands Creature Collection. There, uh, John Hodgson was the art director for Cubicle 7 for years. He designed uh, the One Ring RPG and a bunch of their other projects. He also is an artist on uh, Pugmire Monarchist Mal. Right. Um, and I'll let Travis talk a little bit about how that's going to work with the stuff you're doing. Yeah, so, um, well, as, as, uh, as Matt said, Handiwork Games and Onyx Path are working together on Creature Collection. And um, so that has basically been in process since before I came out as a developer. However, I've had the opportunity to kind of jump in and take a look around and see what's going on. And I'm stoked and it's going to be awesome. Um, so... Just as a fan of Scarlands, as soon as that drops, start backing it. Um, while that's going on, uh, 
in-house we're, we're building uh, two projects that will start seeing the light of day around early early next year, I think is what mm-hmm. we're basically in here, uh, of, called The Ugman's Guide to Gelsped and Vigil Watch. And The Ugman's Guide to Gelsped is aimed at sort of introducing the reader to various uh, areas and factions and nations across the continent of, of Gelsbad, the main uh, location in Scarredlands, through its people. And so in a in-world context, there's a series of notes and letters, you know, uh, communications about these factions, observations about these factions. And then you get your... Uh, player-facing content, so it'll be full of new subclasses, uh, new race descriptions, new backgrounds, things along those lines, spells, feats, all the goodies that you love to have at your table that are explicitly scarred lines. And while that is in the works, we're also doing uh, Vigil Watch, which is a series of location-based books where we're focusing on some areas that are largely important to the redeemed races which in the earlier editions um were largely portrayed either uh very very sparsely or just entirely as as evil monsters uh so now that they've sort of come into the fold with the rest of the sentient humanoid races uh, we had a chance to look at their homelands and at their cultures and and explore them as as player options and give a little bit more uh meet to uh, players and game masters want to incorporate so those three things sort of all being cooking at the same time plus having the uh, vengeance of the shunned rolling out the way that it is it's going to be exciting time because if my math isn't horrendously screwed up um as the as the kickstarter uh for creature collection is going it's supposed to be starting shortly basically i think as soon as they get the final ducks in a row from um, from Kickstarter. That's going to be going as Vengeance of the Shund is wrapping up. So you're going to have all this cool content. As soon as that wraps up, we're going to start rolling right into this, uh, the Yugman's Guide and the Vigil Watch. So there's going to be a lot going on for Scarredlands. You're not you're going to have ample options uh, to dive into and play with over the over the coming six to eight months. A fair assessment, I think. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out the new Scarland stuff now's the time to jump in because the amount of awesome content coming out over the, from now until into next year it's just yeah. amazing. Yes, yeah. it's gonna be blowing up. And right now the just to to catch up on everything that's available for five E is a relatively small buy in, right? right. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't checked out the Devil's Luck uh, Twitch live game for Scarland, yeah. it's amazing. They're all dressed up full in character. They're doing special effects. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It's a very, it's probably the most immersive actual play I've ever seen for any game. You know, they, they really have, their costumes are completely on point. The set design is, is brilliant. The intro outro videos are insane. And they are hosted on the Onyx Path Twitch channel on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that was, that's another thing, I guess, speaking of Twitch. Um, we are generating shows internally. Um, we're going to have some streams for Pugmire Scion. They came from beneath the sea. Scarredlands, obviously. Um, we're also doing some partnering with other channels where if 
for example, with Devil's Luck Gaming, we're going to be hosting their streams, uh, their Skyland stream. A couple other channels that we're working on hosting partnerships with. So if you are generating, you know, Onyx Path content, um, that's another potential avenue to get it out in front of people. Uh, I know uh, Matthew Dawkins uh, is constantly asking for lists to put on, on the blog of anyone that's producing actual play content or, or reviews or anything along those lines. Um, but for, we'll, we'll also be looking for that in the Twitch space as well. So getting that information to us is the best way to make sure that we can, because we appreciate anybody out there that's showcasing our games and we want to try to boost that signal and get your content in front of the people who would like to see it most. Yeah. All right, so that's a question, yeah. Uh, Terry Robinson from Mason Podcast. So we do an informative podcast and we do author interviews and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we natively don't produce any video or live play. Sure. Is there a way that we can modify our media? We just want people to play the darn game. We're not trying to build a media player. Is there a way that we can get our stuff into your streams in such a way that it works if it's strictly audio? Like if we have a cover image. <laughs> I mean, I think Matthew's YouTube efforts would be the best connection there. Okay. Right. Uh, we have things on the YouTube channel. Uh, the, the last Scarlands actual play that uh, Matthew did with Red Moon role-playing, still image and then two hours of audio. That's fine. Also, uh, I mean, my first thing I did on Twitch was a uh, talking head show called the DMs Guild Hall, which is what you're doing except we had cameras at our faces. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think mean, that's an that's a, that's a option too. Yep. Yes. Yeah, um, so... I have a question, especially, you've talked a lot about the stuff that's on its path own, and sure. that makes sense, especially since the final books for, like, Wraith and Changeling are really out or coming out right now, mm -hmm. in kind of those final stages. Um, I don't want you to talk about any books, obviously that would wait for announcements, but could you talk a little bit about, oh yeah, I mean, I'm excited yeah. about that. <laughs> it's now looking like quite a few years before they're likely to get, like, Wraith and Changeling, and what you're hoping to, to pursue, how Onyx Path feels about that space? Um, well, I mean, the reality of being a licensee is that we're beholden to the licensor's needs and suggestions. Um, uh, we, uh, what part of my career was when I was working at CCP White Wolf um, and Onyx Path split off, I was the internal of the company, so I was on the other side of this desk, and I have a lot of sympathy for sometimes you can't tell licensees hey, we can't get you an answer yet because we have other things in the background that are covered by NDA. Um, one example I can talk about, for, for instance, is um, there was a slowdown on Chronicles of Darkness books for a while because the World Arts MMO was being launched and they wanted to avoid market confusion with two vampires in the world. Um, but that's something we couldn't exactly communicate to licensees at the time, although Rich was aware of that piece, at least, because he was used to work at TCP. Um, so... What White Wolf decides to do is ultimately out of our hands. They've been very um, good with us. They've been you know, trying to give us information when they can. Um, and like, for example, they're on vacation uh, now in July. I just got vacation. Uh, but they're like, yeah, we're in Sweden. So we get the entire month of July off. And it's just like. <laughs> I seem to remember that being a conversation last year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But um, they were nice enough to, even though they were on vacation, to check over Chicago by to make sure we can get it out to y'all in a reasonable time frame. Um, so they, they want to work with us, um, and we would love to keep doing more books if they want us to, but I can't talk about – we've pitched a lot of books to them. We have to see which ones they think are good fits for what they want to see um, and what we want to keep making. Yeah, so in the meantime, though, 
our slate for Exalted, Chronicle of Darkness, and World of Darkness is pretty packed. Yeah. We can't add any more books to what we're already doing until next year. Right. Well, um, what is the limiting factor there? there? What's that? What is the limiting factor there? Hours in the day. To give some context, um, we have a, a board where we track all of our projects determining what their stage is and whatnot. Uh, um, last time I checked, that board has 250 projects on it across the company. Yeah. yeah. We're making a lot of books. For example, we've got um, uh, Wraith, uh, Oblivion, Book of Oblivion coming out for Wraith in mm -hmm. about two weeks. Uh, also for Wraith, I just got the last story in for the brand new Wraith 20 fiction anthology, which is bringing Richard Lee Byers back to Wraith for the first time in 20 years. Mm. Uh, he's continuing his original Wraith uh, Dark Kingdoms trilogy. Um, I'm working on World of Darkness Ghost Hunters, which is a mortals book about paranormal investigators for all five of the World of Darkness game lines. If you remember uh, World of Darkness Mafia and Sorcerer and that sort of thing, is that kind of book. So it's going to be... Um, Morons with a camera going into haunted houses maybe coming out. You like ghost facers from Supernatural. Except things actually Except happen. those guys lived. Right, except those guys lived. <laughs> uh, so for Changeling the Dreaming, uh, we have Jackie Casada's new Immortal Eyes novel, which is in layout right now. Uh, for Mage, we have uh, Victorian Age Mage, Book of the Fallen, Technocracy. Um, those are the big ones right yeah. now, yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, most of the reason that I ask is, historically, you usually announce books well before you're working on them. Right, right. So the fact that everything's about to come out, I won't lie, makes me a little nervous. Sure. Because, no, like, we have to, like, but, but, and, but you have to understand, also, I mean, like, um, we just announced a Vampire the Masquerade book. There are some other books that we can't quite announce yet, because um, with the World of Darkness specifically, it's not up to us when we announce anymore. Yeah. Um, there are board game people who have to announce stuff. There are video game people who do not have to announce stuff. The White Wolf itself or Paradox has to announce stuff. Um, so we have to fall into their cadence a lot more than we would necessarily okay. do. Whereas with Exalted and Chronicles, we, we're exclusive on those. So we have a little more leeway in when we announce those projects. So we can be more open about those because of the world darkness. We have a lot more people that we have to coordinate with. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. Even just you confirming that you pitched things like, oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's that's good to know, and, and all that makes sense. And, so and I for, appreciate that. for vampire specifically, we're uh, like I, I talked about earlier. We're sharing a lot of freelancers with Modifius to make the line even more awesome. Even though books are coming out from different companies, yeah. there's going to be a consistent voice plus Easter eggs between the books. Oh, this character sired this character. This guy hates this person. Right. So officially, on paper, Book of London is a Modifius book, but there's a decent amount of uh, Violent Path NDA or DNA. Yeah. Yeah. NDA. Woo! Those two. <laughs> Those are their two. Very different things, turns out. <laughs> so the go, go to the hospital, that's the wrong one. The developer for Fall of London, which is a Modifius book, is Steffi Devon, who is our Legend Lord developer and one of our most prolific authors, also yep. the, the Promethean developer. So yeah. She worked on uh, Let the Streets Run Red with me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. just. Uh, a little bit, uh, I guess, observation. I'm pretty new to the developer's pool. I might be the most recently added developer. So going from, table, like, yeah. being... What's that? At the table, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, going from uh, seeing things from the... You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I love you. Going from seeing things from, like, the fan perspective, mm -hmm. pretty much exclusively, uh, to all of a sudden now I get an email that has literally, like, what's everybody... How's everybody's projects going? And just the uh, the sheer amount of 
stuff that's on the Monday meeting notes. You can always look at that every week and see like where things are moving. But that's really the tip of a massive iceberg yep. of things that just aren't ready to post there yet. So, I mean, there's there's a ton in, yep. the, in the works. And additionally, I, I do want to say uh, part of our strategy for this year was getting caught up on a couple of projects that were kind of lagging a bit yeah um, before we add more to the process let's get books we've been talking about for two or three years out ghost hunters is one of them right ghost hunters uh, you know like you mentioned trinity aeon we yeah. get that out the door Scion was running a bit behind um but we're now catching up so i mean wow i can understand certainly respect that's a little frustrating that we don't have anything immediate price and for us as a process, it has allowed us to clear a pretty big log jam for us. Yeah. Um, and now we're in a good place to hopefully, you know, White Wolf can start signing off some of those pitches and more right to them and be in a much better place than if we got this a year ago. Go, well, we can't even start this realistically for a while yet. And if yeah. they can't, we have enough original content that's right. shooting out of the pipeline. Absolutely. <laughs> There'll be plenty to plenty to keep you going. I guess I saw your hand. <laughs> yeah. Can you elaborate on your interactions with Modifius? I'm kind of curious. Are they in charge of, like, content for the books? Do you have to elaborate on how that works now? That in the um, so, uh, uh, because of the restructure at White Wolf, um, there, it's, it's still the money at the moment. Um, and we're still kind of sorting out the details. The way I understand how it's going to be is that normally we uh, send pitches uh, and approvals to White Wolf that will shift over to Modifius. Um, for Vampires. For, for Vampire Masquerade, 5th edition only. Everything else still goes to Paradox. Um, uh, but we're still nailing that down and what that relationship looks like. Um, that being said, we were just recently at UK Games Expo and um, we sat down with Chris Bircha of Omidipius and a bunch of the other people there, including uh, their new uh, line manager, Matt Tim. Matt Tim. Um, and uh, they're really happy to work with us. Matt Tim turns out actually listened to one of my podcasts 10 years ago and was like, I was a big fan of your Whitechapel process. Like, wow, no one's mentioned that to me in years. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're sharing of writing teams between right. Uh, to make them, you know, it's all going to feel like a consistent line, even with technically Modifius publishing this book and Onyx Path publishing this book. Um, we're sharing resources. We're, we've got a style guide that works between the companies. Right. Um, so, uh, yes, on paper, they could say yes or no to pitches and accept or reject our ideas. But in reality, there's so much overlap and there's a lot of similar ideas of where we want to go collectively that it's much more collaborative than it appears on paper. Yeah, part of their biggest role is is to um, make sure all of the books are awesome and that two companies aren't doing the same Hoboken by Night book. Right. For example. Yes. <laughs> but you know, like, so, but like for example, not not just content. one Hoboken by Night, but two of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> West and East. <laughs> but also, I mean, um, it makes a great sense. Like you know, okay, Onyx Path largely an American-based team, so we'll do Chicago book. And if he's largely uh, based in the UK, so they'll make the, the London book. So there's okay, there's some pretty natural breakdowns that happen as a result of that. Um, uh, but at the same time, they respect the fact that we've been working in this property for a very long time. Um, so there's lots of times where, uh, for example, they were doing some structure stuff on London. They got to see some of the Chicago by Night stuff. So actually, let's restructure our book a bit to look, because you guys have good ideas in Chicago by Night. So we're also influencing how they're doing books, too. So again, it's, it's much more collaborative than it would appear in an org chart. And then for Chronicles and Exalted, we're still the exclusive publisher for both of those. Right. Um, and that's a little bit more of a direct same thing we've been doing for the last several years. And we've got some big Chronicles of Darkness books, uh, some of which have been taking a while, Deviant, yeah. anyway, yeah. uh, Geist and Hunter. Second, yeah. um, second edition. Mummy, second edition. Yeah. 
those are all in progress, various uh, points of Hunter adjustment into editing, for example. Um, and exalted, we're getting through the third edition, big splats, you know, lunars. Yeah. Um, will be the next major book, yeah. which is brand exalted. new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a brand new uh, exalted type that'll be the next major book and Kickstarter for specifically yep. for exalted. Um, and yeah, it's keeping the team very, very busy. We're getting close to wrapping up. If you followed the monthly Exalted adversaries of the Righteous and Hundred Devils Night Parade, uh, every month we've released a new monster or a new NPC, and we're going to be collecting those into big books uh, towards the end of the year. That's going through it like an editing dev pass right now. Mm -hmm. Any more questions? Yep. So uh, I know you probably get this asked a lot. How close are we to shoot product? Uh, uh, the folios, but the screens run red. So that is going through. I'll look up right now. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it, like I believe everything has been submitted and is going through the development process right now. Um, and as far as how far it is, I am not sure. It's it was in the Monday morning meeting notes, and I looked them over and. Then I forgot them because oh, Gen Con is a thing. <laughs> I, can't, I can't search by tag on this, so now I have to scroll through all again, 250 of these. Um, what were you asking about? The two Chicago stretch goals. Yeah, the, sh the stretch goals. Uh, no, that was not asked. I remember that one. Um, but see, Chicago Folio is an editing. Um, okay. And uh, let's the streets. Yes, now's the best time for my Wi-Fi drop out. Fantastic, thank you. <laughs> I believe that's also in uh, manuscript approval. Okay, yeah. So let's read red and red is actually in white wolf stands right now for review. Yeah. Uh, but again, the Monday the Monday meeting um, blog. If you check that out, um, every week Rich is a breakdown of where the status piece of those is. Yeah. Really loving that you guys Thank you. That's all me. That's all him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It has been received very well at our game school. Oh, good. But we had a couple of questions from my customers. Sure. One of the particular since we got changed in the lost second edition. Yep. Are we going to see the core books for like Chronicles of Darkness, which a lot of people are like, I'd like to have both books. Are we going to see those? We're we're just today? we're we're kind of talking that over right now. Um, Chronicles of Darkness and like Requiem came out years ago, right, exactly. and we have to make sure that there's enough um, drive and, and demand. demand to do a big print run, which are very expensive for books that are not new. So whereas like Changeling, The Lost Second Edition, Geist, uh, Second Edition, and Deviant, right. we're going to be printing them based on the Kickstarter and putting them in stores. Uh, a lot so of, a lot of what I'm hearing on my local level is the Chronicles of Darkness book specifically is what's available. Yeah, that was, that's the one we're, we're discussing the most. What kind of options we might have for that, and how we can uh, check in that. But as a retailer, you can come talk to me and order uh, the POD version from Drive to RPG at a discount. Uh, a lot of people don't like the PODs. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. But it's just the consensus that I'm getting from my customers specifically. Sure. I'm just saying that's a way to get the book in yeah. just now while we look at what our options might be. So, um. so I, I, from a customer perspective who does not own a store, you said something, and this is more of a comment than a question, but 
that's kind of terrifying. He said, we're going to be doing more than one Kickstarter in a month. Yeah, so... Just give me your wallet right now. Just <laughs> I mean, that may make me not a popular person in the room. So that, no, 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 no. That would allow you to speed up things if you did more of It's an experiment. Okay. It's, it's Especially with... I have to say this because my wife is here, too. That's right. <laughs> Good job. This is wisdom. <laughs> it's definitively an experiment for us. Uh, this is the first time we... Most of, throughout the entire history of the company, we've been the licensed licensor. Uh, with White Wolf, with uh, Caliber Comics for the Legend War RPG, with Eschaton for Dystopia Rising, with um, Pug uh, Study for Pugmire and Mao. We've had a license with that entity for their IP that we published. This is the first time we're ever going in reverse. Handyworks is licensing Scarlands to produce the creature collection for us. Um, and that's a really neat uh, twist on the whole structure of the company. And we decided that that would be a good opportunity for us to let them run a Kickstarter. I mean, technically, it'll be under our account, but they're going to produce the book, uh, hire the financiers, do most of the marketing. We'll, of course, help with all of the messaging, <coughs> Twitch, streaming, and whatnot. But we're kind of letting them run that project. And we're just coming in and saying, yeah, this is awesome, while we're going to be doing our deviant. With that being said, um, while we're still refining this process, um, we're mindful of the fact that we don't want our Kickstarters to clobber each other. Um, so doing, like, say, Hunter 2nd Edition and Mummy 2nd Edition at the exact same time doesn't make a ton of sense at all. Um, so uh, uh, figuring out projects that are not going to have a massive overlapping audience, um, th th and also just figuring out ways to make this that way, it's people are going, okay, I'm going to shoot for this versus that, because we know that's going to be a choice that's going to happen. But you're right, by doing multiple ones, that can potentially give us the option of being more things out there. And we'd also have, right now, a case of like, um, uh, 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 oh, okay, if this is a card game, I don't care about the card games, so now I have to wait two months before the next Kickstarter I might be caring about. You know? Right, and aside from the blood, dark, and shadows, I don't think there's anything uh, in common, really, between Scarredlands and Deviant. The, the other good thing about it, too, is that they always run uh, pre-orders through the backer kit. So if you can't back the Kickstarter, you can still get stuff from the Kickstarter through the backer kit. Um, that's something that they've always done, and and I've had to do it for projects and stuff because I'm like oh, I don't have a lot of income right now. Uh, you know, like I'm going to three cons in a month, so like you know I they're very conscious about that too. Although so. one one caveat to that because I get this question a lot. Um, is that we don't do do manuscript previews through backer kit. We don't do that through yeah. Kickstarter. So if you want if you want really want to see the book. The second it's available to the public, or at least the early drafts of it, then you got to go for the Kickstarter um, because that's our reward for people who are, are early adopters. But, but that's like a buck, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a very minimal buy-in. Right, yeah. so they always have that. So. You can throw that in the buck and then you know get the if manuscript if you decide you like it, and you have to wait till backer kit to, to and get she gets the full book. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So I saw a hand up over here. I was going to oh. say that. Because oh. I'm here. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so it's a big experiment. And once we wrap up those two projects, we're going to sit down as a team and discuss it. Yep. What worked, what didn't, and how to evolve our process from there. But um, yeah, we're really looking at how we can use these tools to get more books out to different audiences, uh, work with different partners, and um, not have as, as many huge delays as we've had in some past years from Kickstarter to finished book, for example, 
and if that's the right tool set to make that happen, we're definitely going to use that. Okay. Um, and, but as Eddie said, we're not going to run like two Chronicles of Darkness concerns concurrently. Um, a fifth edition Starlands book and a Chronicles of Darkness core book. We figure there might be enough of a breather between the two. Right. Well, and the best thing in my mind would be if somebody, you know, sees that we've got these two Kickstarters going, maybe they're a 5e fan, you know, and they've never looked at Chronicles of Darkness, but they see that the, these things are going, and they say, oh, well, I'll throw a buck over here, too, and look at what at what's going on, and now, we have, now we've brought somebody new into the fold. Likewise, there's, I'm sure there are plenty of people that play Chronicles of Darkness and haven't touched a D&D book ever or in 20 years. You know, yeah. and maybe they'll go, oh, this Scarland thing looks looks neat. And, yep. You know, but but they don't have to feel like they're missing out if they don't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to that end, too, it's more of a business thing, too, or more of a customer thing, but because I backed, um, I'm sorry, again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every month now, I get, I think, 87 emails okay. from Onyx Path mm -hmm. that says, hey, we're just going to email you now at the end of the month that says what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Would there be any way for, from a customer perspective, perspective, for me to say to sign up to like one email? You'd have to unsubscribe um, through the back through the Kickstarter. Yeah, okay. that's okay. how that's how you manage those emails. Yeah, so so the I, I had to do that too. The reason we do that is a while ago we didn't do that at all. Okay, and so many people were complaining they didn't know about the Kickstarter. Raging hate mail. Yeah. Or how come you didn't tell me about what's going on now? Yeah. You so, can't win through so right, right. Right. No, no, but, but see, he can delete. We can't give people right, information right, they didn't right. have access to. So. But so. so you can also keep, uh, because it's Kickstarter by Kickstarter, you can uh, keep them piecemeal. So like, let's say there was one Kickstarter, you backed for a buck, you weren't terribly interested in following up what's going on with the line next. Maybe I'll get it when it's PDF, maybe not. You just unsubscribe from the emails from that Kickstarter. But like, I backed Mage 20 ages ago. And I still get the emails from it because there's still a couple of rewards. I think one or two rewards left hanging out. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I don't miss them. You know what I mean? So that you can you can really manage your experience at the at the level of which projects you still feel a need to follow and which projects you're still waiting for things for. Uh, we so. honestly, it would be nice if Kickstarter allowed us to kind of merge campaigns, but that's not. <laughs> that's too said, that's okay. That said, a few projects, uh, Fetch Quest. Um, Armies of Mao. Um, I'm too. No, not, not yet. Well, I mean, very close to it. Um, I'm talking about the ones we've closed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, so there, there comes a point where we've fulfilled all the stretch goals and where we close out and we don't send any more messages from that one. So the only ones we're still sending monthly messages are the ones that still have stuff to deliver. Right. So uh, Pugmire still has the anthology, for example, but then once that's out, We'll close, close that too. That. Yeah. That. No, I was thinking more yeah. the fact that uh, I'm not, I might bring all the Pugmire updates pretty much to the Pirates Kickstarter sure. at this point because the Pugmire one's a few years old. We have only one thing left. So rather than keep bombarding them, we're moving all to the Pirates. That's yeah. going to give the updates there. Yeah. So as as we finish, um, I guess, like Travis said, I think there's one mage PDF yet to go out. Yeah. Um, and for Wraith, there's uh, Book of Oblivion and the Anthology. And so once those are delivered, we'll shut down monthly updates from that one. Mm -hmm. um, so the list is getting smaller. Yes. Uh, but we're doing more Kickstarter. Right, then so. it's going to grow, but <laughs> it breathes. <laughs> yeah. Like rabbits. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, specifically at Gen Con, it can be really hard to get into games from the podcast because there's 
um, too many of them. The working crew is great and all, but I mean, those are great mm -hmm. marketing tools. Have you guys thought about any way to expand? We did. We, uh, we actually doubled the number of working crew games this year. It's like 66. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a, a thing I'm going to examine for next year. How uh, I don't want to double the number of games every year because that's a logistical nightmare. Uh, <laughs> so here's what you do: just when you see Matt walking around Gen Con because he's never busy, just, <laughs> just, just, just grab him I'm and say, "Hey, can you?" Hey, can you run a six-hour-long uh, Chronicles of Darkness demo for? I'm sure he will love to. Yeah. Hey, no. <laughs> you have a new nail gun target, just so you know. I have two nail guns. <laughs> Great. So Onyx has to have two. So, right. so we're gonna look at that and how that sold out and what that means as for how more games you're gonna run. Uh, one of the things uh, we're evolving this year is our convention presence as a whole. Like, we don't have a booth this year, which allowed us to go to UK Games Expo for the first time. Yep. And it's allowed us to expand our game options at PAX Unplugged uh, in December this year. So we'll be running more games at more locations than we ever have. Um, for Gen Con specifically, I have to look at how we can grow in a way that doesn't tax the team too much. Because there's a couple of, uh, of awesome GMs in the Wrecking Crew that are running games from... 9 a.m. to midnight every day. Yeah. I did yeah. that last year. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have to figure out how to expand in a way that doesn't break the team completely, but right. yet offers more options. Right. So we're looking at a couple of different options. Um, I, I've talked to a couple more uh, gaming groups that like to run convention demos and maybe we'll merge some groups together for certain events or we'll spread out to even more conventions uh, so we can run games in multiple cities and Throughout the year. We got about five minutes left. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, hi. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be that guy. Do you know when the 100 individual Kickstarter is going to happen? Do you have any, like, the Sometime after JV. Yeah. Uh, we usually announce whatever the next uh, Kickstarter is at or wrap up of the current one. Right. And we have a whole bunch of books that are in a very similar stage of development right now. Okay. Uh, Mummy, Hunter, Demigod, uh, Victorian Mage is a little bit behind, but not so much. So it's like we have to figure out the strategy and also how which teams are going to be available to be involved actively in their Kickstarter answering right. questions. And yeah, so we don't we don't we don't we don't keep the stuff hidden to be jerks. It's that um, we want to make sure as we're thoughtfully putting each chronic or each campaign together, um, and also we have to build assets for each of these projects, and so the art has to come in to be able to put the assets together. So sometimes we don't know until about a month ahead of time which campaign we're ready to go live with. Um, so we shoot for rough quarters and rough chunks of the year, okay. but we can't confirm anything until it's step by step. So for example, Mike has a bunch of artists buying art for Deviant right now for the Deviant Kickstarter. And some of those same artists would be working on Hunter. So they, we can only ask them to draw so much at one time. Right. Yes. <laughs> the hours in the day problem. And no. <clears throat> just to, uh, to share like another little quick peek behind the curtain, because this was all very illuminating to me as a, as a new developer. Um, Onyx Path is a comparatively small company in terms of the, the number of people that are, that are actually employed by Onyx Path. But even at that small number... Three. That's not. There's three. They're, yeah. there's. They're not as limber as you might expect them to be, and because there are so many moving parts, 
You know what I mean? There's so many things that they have to manage. It's very easy when you're a fan of one line to go, well, why don't, why, why isn't Hunter just done? Sure. Because um, there's four other lines that people are fans of too. I mean, I mean you know? <laughs> one, t- one time we did the math and, and depending on how you slice it, uh, you've got kind of each line of New World Dark, Chronicles Darkness, each line of World of Darkness, we're responsible for like three seven lines. Right. I mean, that's... So it's a lot. Yeah. And if we're doing new games on top of that, you know, like Legend Lore and, you know, Stuff You're Rising, that, that adds even more. Right. Plus the stuff where when it's internally generated, um, yes, there's more freedom to do it, but also there's... There's now, no approvals, like from me and Rich. Right. Yeah, yeah. It has to go through a, a approval process internally as well, but there's also the the responsibility of not having someone to tell you when you're right or wrong. You know, like you have to figure out where right and wrong is as a whole and then go through the approvals process. Oh, don't worry, we'll as tell opposed you. to <laughs> right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the angry emails as I'm sending in Scarlands. We're, we're not angry, we're just disappointed. <laughs> like it's not 1999 anymore you can't get away with that please all right we got one time for one more yep so um i really love the game my mind uh, how much of the when you're developing stuff for the 20th anniversary how much are you looking at with white wolf on how that will affect maybe future lines that will come out when it comes to like the story and stuff and making sure that they are still fit in the same world. That is, uh, to be perfectly honest, that's completely up to White Wolf. Um, we, they were nice enough when we started doing Beckett Shihai Diary. Beckett Shihai Diary was originally intended to be a capstone for V20. It was meant to be, okay, we don't V20, here's the cool book, thank you very much. Um, they really loved what we did with it, and so they worked with us to turn it into, became a bridge product between V20 and V5. Um, we would love to do more books like that with them, but they have to tell us where they're going so that we can get to there. Um, but I, also, the realities of, of this kind of environment is that they may decide that not every line is going to get that segue. True. That's what, with Wraith and stuff, it's like, I would like to know, is this what's happening? Because we got the Dakota company, right. you know, and, and those two lines kind of right. blur. I think Wraith is a bit down, further down on their develop, internal development list. Right. So we did get notes uh, for Werewolf when we did um, okay. Book of the Worm and Shattered Dream. Um, so, I mean, those books have come out like a year or more ago, but they gave us some of their early notes about this kind of our thought board right um, exactly. and then things could change because it's been a while since they originally thought about that they've restructured new people are involved right. so um, Beckett's is the, is the biggest example of the teams coordinating but we're here for that as as they announce new stuff we're going to be in, involved as much as they want us to in how we put out new books right so Ghost Hunters for example is very specifically a 20th anniversary edition book it's a supplement for all five 20th anniversary line. It is not a forward book um, because I've got five awesome 20th anniversary core books and I'm going to make a supplement that somehow works with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a wealth of content on the Storytellers Vault that's community uh, generated that plugs some of these gaps. Um, one of the things that uh, was interesting, I got to work on the style guides for uh Hunter the Reckoning, uh, Mummy, Demon the Fallen, and uh, the, the Mortals overall. 
for the storytellers' vault. Mm-hmm. And so I got to have some conversations with folks at White Wolf about like, oh, let what would Hunter V twenty or Hunter twentieth anniversary edition uh, crammed into a page? What what would that look like? So we got to have some conversations about that and that made its way into those style guides, which are free on Storyteller's Vault. So right. if you just wanted to run it, you can download that stuff. Right. But, but to be clear, um, uh, uh, White Wolf has to, we would love to be able to work with them on that, but they have a lot of plates. Like uh, there is a Werewolf Apocalypse video game that's been announced. We don't know anything that's happening with that game because it's not our business. They have their own project, they have to process. Um, I don't know how much that video game is influencing their thoughts on Werewolf, how much be- Werewolf 20 is influencing thoughts on Werewolf. They need to be the central point to look at all these projects they license and all these people they're working with and come up with a consistent vision and then work with us to make sure it happens. So stuff we wrote five years ago may not make sense for that vision they need. So it's not they're being jerks about it. It's that they have a lot more of the picture they can see that we can't. I just wondered if, you know, they, if you would send it for approval and they will say, like, you know, change this. Yeah, yeah, no, that does yeah, happen on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. Um, and also, we've yeah. certainly, we would love to, to work on other, we've pitched lots of books, and sometimes they say, you can't do this because of reasons you can't discuss, but this thing, really, like, they're really excited about Chicago. They really want to put Chicago forward because they really, that really fit within their plans. So sometimes it goes the other way, where it's like, please do this now, 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 now. Um, like I said, they got off on vacation to make sure Chicago by night went out. So, I mean, sometimes they're really excited about stuff we do. They love they that. Yes. <laughs> They look, and and that's because White Wolf loves packets too. They really love that. All right, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, if time. people want to grab any of these announcements, and I have a couple of Scion Second Edition posters, but not very many. Unfortunately, I don't have enough for everybody. But, so thank you all very much. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Are we? Are we truly back? So <laughs> a peek behind the curtain is we record the intro and outro as one file. So we <laughs> wait. I wait for a moment where there's silence so I can actually put the rest of the episode in. <laughs> so I'm just like, are we, are we, no, wait, hold on. No, 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 okay, there, there we go. You have destroyed <laughs> the illusion, Mr. Webb. Yes, I know. I, 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 have, I have ruined it. I, I'm cast out of the Magician's Guild. No. Yeah, there, there may have been one listener who thought that all three of us attentively listened to whatever medium block of uh, of audio we had. We were just listening there. We were just sat. We were, mm-hmm, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> wow. And then we uh, get to the end and, and talk about it in real time. Yep. Well, Edwin, I'm sure, is very disappointed to learn that. No, he wouldn't listen to this. <laughs> He's got much higher, t- much better taste. <laughs> he watches Mr. Bean. Oh, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, for audio, uh, definitely more so than this. <laughs> the Mr. Bean podcast. Hmm. Just an hour of silence. I don't know if anybody else, by the way, but if, if, if any of us sound uh, tired or a little loopy, we are, I think, all just back from conventions. Yes. And trying to catch up with the world. I have no excuse. You were, you were at a convention recently. Yeah, like, yeah, I was last week. And you know what? Just to date this, because we always do. Mm-hmm. This is we're recording this a day before it goes up. So yeah. yes, I was at a convention last week, and you two were at conventions the end of last week and the beginning yep. of this. So we're, we're good God, our information is actually correct. It's true. Yeah, it's like you, you were you were in Scotland, and I was in Seattle, and Dixie was in Atlanta, and then I was back in Atlanta, so we actually got to see each other briefly. So that was nice. Yeah, we got to hang out. It was fun. We got to walk around mm-hmm. DragonCon for a little bit together. Yeah, it was cool. I got to show Eddie all the changes since he last went forever ago. Right, you know, back in the before time. Back in the before time. What? 
But when is the before time? <laughs> um, it would be before I got laid off, so probably around 2009. Ah, uh, yeah. The sound of violins in the background. <laughs> no, one, no one popped over to Scotland to see me, did they? It's true, we did not. I, I always tell people whenever they say, like, why didn't you come to the, like, buy me a ticket. I'll be there. <laughs> you got to pay for the plane ticket from, uh, you know, the U.S. of Scotland. I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. When they start paying me your salary as well as mine, I will gladly pay for your occasional <laughs> ticket. <laughs> I get to see all my Scottish friends that convert for DragonCon because there's actually a pretty decent contingent of uh, UK and European folks who fly over to Atlanta for DragonCon most years. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, a bunch of them are in the Borderlands cosplay group that I haven't done recently that I used to do. And they are all super nice and super fun. And then sometimes they get a little drunk and I can no longer understand them very well. <laughs> that is true. I am I am very good with Scottish accents usually, but uh, one of my friends is from Glasgow, and just sometimes he has oh, yeah. a, a, a few too many, and I'm like, Steve, 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 Steve. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I just start nodding. I'm like, uh-huh, yep. Uh-huh. Sounds great. <laughs> uh, I went to uh, Edinburgh uh, again about five, ten years ago um, with a mate of ours from uh, Glasgow, and we walked by. We're going to the castle, looking around, um, and we walk by someone. The guard starts yelling at us, and so of course I didn't hear what he said. And I turned to Michelle. It's like I, I didn't hear what he said. She's like, I didn't hear what he said. So we turned to our friend from Glasgow. And he's like, I had no fucking clue. It's <laughs> <laughs> like right, okay, good. <laughs> We're on the same page here. That accent was way too thick. <laughs> I do want to shout out, though, um, I did not get this person's name, unfortunately, because I met too many people over the weekend. But someone did stop me in the food court at DragonCon one day to say they were a fan of the podcast, And they recognized me. So it was really cool. So thank you for stopping, saying hi. That was awesome. I always love it when that happens at, like, a con that we're not, like, boothing at. Mm -hmm. Like, if I just go somewhere randomly, they're like, oh, hey. It's you. Even just walking around like Gen Con last year, I had, I had like I had at least one person who was like, "Oh, I recognized your voice," and I was like, "Oh, that's weird to hear." But yeah, okay, cool, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember where that was. I I had that happen to me. I don't know. Don't think it was Gen Con last year. I, I had the exact same experience though that someone recognized my voice from the Pathcast, and it, it just genuinely came as a bit of a shock. I, I think it was Expo this year, wasn't it? I think I think and, it was Expo, yeah. And, and no one recognised your voice, Eddie. Of course, that's no. completely undistinctive uh, right. or indistinct. American accent, yeah. Yeah, uh, no one. <laughs> everyone sounds like you. Um, <laughs> but I said, "Oh, you're that guy from the Onyx Pathcast." Yep, I'm that guy. Thanks for listening. <laughs> that, just sign an autograph, that guy. <laughs> It's me, the British one. Like, <laughs> I'm the one with the dry sense of humor. Actually, I had a similar experience at um, PAX Dev. Um, I went to a really cool panel, and there, the two people at the panel were um, very exciting and engaging. They're talking about self-employment. So afterwards, I went up um, and was chatting with them a little bit. And I, as usual, in those cases, I, wish I give them my business cards. Like, hey, if we have more to talk about. And look at my card, they go, oh, you're the Eddie Webb. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, is that good or bad? And they're like, oh, no, it's... <laughs> Um, we just started learning uh, how to play Vampire the Masquerade recently. And it's like, oh, okay, cool, great. Um, and they're like, yeah, our, our storyteller is Jacob Burgess. Oh, <laughs> I'm just no. like, oh. Was it, was it like, was it Ryan and Akash and all them? It was, yes. It was I Michael Ryan and Akash. I love Ryan and Akash. Sorry. 
I didn't, I didn't connect in my head because I was like so into like, you know, okay, I'm in a video game kind of blah, blah, blah. I just didn't connect the names. And then about like, yes, you're that Ryan and Akash. Like, yes, and you're that Eddie Webb. It's like, yes, cool. We're all now aware of who we are, right? Yeah. Also, oh, I saw on Eddie Twitter Webb. where apparently you gave them pointers of how to <laughs> seriously probably annoy or mess with Jacob because that's what yes. we do with our friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. I cannot reveal them, unfortunately, because they involve the secret stuff of books that are not released yet. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want them revealed. I just, I just think it's great. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. I was trolling Jacob, definitely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I need to send more people after you, Eddie, that say, you're the guy that ruined Vampire. Yes. Um, or, you're the guy with the funny dog game. Always goes <laughs> down well. <laughs> to be fair, actually, um, I did have a few people at uh, PAX Dev. They're like, oh, you're the Pugmire guy. And I'm just like, wow, really? Okay, cool. That's exciting, but not what I expected. <laughs> It's exciting to like you know, just hear that people are enjoying our games. Like you know, like I said you know people are talking about Vampire, and people are talking about Pugmire, people are talking about you know Chronicles Darkness. Um, I know people are really excited about Deviants. So I mean, it, it's it's nice sometimes to go to these shows and just hear, oh yeah, people that actually really are looking forward to our stuff or really love our stuff. Can I just say that I saw some of the art for Deviant very mm-hmm. recently, and I am now even more excited for it. Oh really? Yeah, and- I don't know. I don't know if you like looked through all the art, but like super good. No, I haven't yet, but I know you worked really hard in those art notes. So. I did. And, like, it's always interesting to see how artists translate what you wrote. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote some stuff that was very specific, but sometimes they would change things a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I still really like that, actually. That's uh, that's more dynamic. Like, thank you. Good job. You know? Yep. Um, mm. I know that specifically the person who was doing the art for the fiction that you wrote, Eddie, was like, there's a lot of this one guy yelling at the other guy. And I'm like, yeah, that happens a lot in this story. It does happen a lot. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he ended up doing some really interesting, slightly, you know, because we do slightly more abstract stuff for our chapter art usually. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff he did looks really cool. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go. I'm into it. Sweet. I'll have to dig into that then. Yeah. In, in, in pretty much every book I have uh, written art notes for now, I have... Uh, tried to get a piece made, and uh, clearly Mike has, has cottoned on to the fact that I am submitting the same art note for every single game. <laughs> um, where I, I want, I want the depiction of someone being crushed. <laughs> don't know why. I don't, I don't know why this is my thing. What? <laughs> but I think it's it's a horror image you don't often see. Someone being just squished. Uh, beneath rocks, beneath a big flat surface with an arm outstretched and her fingers towards the point of view, that sort of thing. And and I imagine it's either never been picked up because Mike just looks at it and goes, idiot. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or he knows eh, there's not really a good way to depict that because although crushing is a is a kinetic thing it's quite difficult to depict to depict that kind of motion in in an illustration but one day i will get my art piece in of someone being uh crushed hopefully to get blood squeezed out of them because we've got blood bathers in the immortals um section of mummy the cursed second edition so i can think it's probably a very inefficient way to extract blood from someone isn't it pulping (laughs) i mean i mean blood will come out but I assume it's... Um, once upon a time, I worked in an abattoir. It's Anecdotes with Matthew really? Dawkins time again. <laughs> Anecdote yeah. time. Uh, yeah, it was one of my first jobs. Uh, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. I can absolutely see why people become vegan. I'm not, but I can see why uh, anyone would give up meat mm-hmm. um, once you've been exposed to all of that. 
forewarning for anyone listening, uh, for anyone who is particularly sensitive to these issues, and you have every right to be, uh, I will be talking about them. Oh, let's say for two minutes. <laughs> so prepare yourself, Dixie and Eddie. <laughs> Strap in. To take your headphones out if you don't want to hear it. Um, there's a lot of blood involved in butchery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there you go. That was two minutes? No, um, <laughs> that was over two minutes just now. No, it's... Um, and it just brings to mind that if you have um, if you have creatures like blood bathers or immortals like blood bathers in in a game of Chronicles of Darkness or World mm. of Darkness or any horror game, they really are very unethical. <laughs> Uh, I know that's perhaps a little uh, too weak a point, but the sheer amount of death that they would have to cause to get as much blood as they would need to bathe in it, uh, you know, a blood of presumably a nice, uh, clear quality as well, uh, it would be horrendous working for one of these people. It would be horrible playing one of these people uh, in a role-playing game, so they're not actually presented as playable, at least not in the core book. Um, so, yeah, when I was developing that text for Mummy the Curse 2nd Edition, my mind was just going back to working in the abattoir, and I was only very briefly ever responsible for putting any animals down. Right. Or I guess to be blunt, slaughtering animals. But um, that alone was enough to leave me with a disposition for life that made me think, okay, well, I never want to do this again. You know, this is not for me. This is this takes a certain kind of mind to be able to grow comfortable with this, yeah. and it's not mine. Uh, so all credit to the people who can do it and uh, deliver us tasty steaks and whatnot, if that's your thing. But uh, yeah. Wow, bloodbathers and Mummy the Curse. Look forward to them. They're horrible. It reminds me, uh, um, uh, my wife Michelle. She's a, a she's a, a master's in anthropology, specifically in physical anthropology. So she studies bones for fun. Um, but uh, when she was doing her master's, um, she, you know, got some training that was basically you know crime scene analysis, uh, physical analysis, and also she uh, went abroad to uh, Spitalfields to study some physical remains. Spitalfields. Um, Okay, and, yeah. and so I was like, okay, cool. You know, she's going to look at dry bones. And she's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, um, some of this stuff was, was preserved. Um, and so she described to me the wonderful world of coffin liquor, mm-hmm. which is the, the goo that, you know, when your body decomposes, that kind of just sits around and hangs out. Yeah. Um, and she was describing it to me, and she's like, honey, you are way cooler than I could ever possibly be because I would not be able to handle that smell, that, that thought of that at, at all. I mean, she is pretty cool. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. I ho- hopefully I'll see her again at midwinter next year. We'll try. Is, uh, is she intending on coming? We'll try. We'll try. Oh, she Bring just did jobs. So. I'm going to sign a petition. You should do that. <laughs> she actually, I think, really like that. We want Michelle at midwinter because she's we'll, great. We'll pass it around. Pass it around the okay. office. See if we can get a whip round and a present. Well, if people wanted to talk to you guys about signing that petition to get my wife to midwinter, where would they contact you at, Dixie? <laughs> That's a great segue. I know, right? Uh, I'm, I'm at Dixie Cyanide most places on the internet. I also have a website, DixieCochran.com. Uh, that's that's me. I'm easy Matthew? to find. Find me on Twitter. Say hi. Uh, you can find me on MatthewDawkins.com. There's a helpful contact me button on there, uh, which I recommend you use if you're looking to start streaming on the Onyx Path Twitch channel, or if you just have any questions in general, including the best way to break up a chicken. <laughs> uh, I can still... Um, I can still 
cut that meat pretty proficiently. I have a lovely set of knives, and I would be happy to help anyone with that. And on that note, uh, I'm not usually a big fan of Gordon Ramsay, but there is an excellent video of him breaking up a chicken blindfolded, and I recommend you check it out if you're ever interested in butchering a chicken yourself. And as for me, um, I'm not very good at butchering a chicken, but uh, otherwise you can talk to me. Uh, my website is pugsteady.com. Um, there also have a contact me button on there. Um, my social media links are on there, so you can find me there for my professional accounts. Um, you can find The Onyx Path, of course, at theonyxpath.com. Uh, we have a Discord. Um, we have a Twitch channel now, which is doing really well, from what I understand. Um, we now have emotes in Twitch, which is great. Mm. Yay, um, we, have a, we do. We have a little like kind of uh, um, Onyx Path logo with a heart in it, and now we have a D10 with a 10 on it. So the heart was my idea, and then Ian made it, and it was awesome. Yeah, no, Ian did a great job, and very cool the idea. It looks so much cooler than I thought it was even going to look. I'm like, ah, oh, take you little Onyx Path heart. <laughs> I want it on a T-shirt. Did Ian make the followers of Senpai logo? I... You know, the, you know the followers yeah, of yeah, Set yeah, Clan no. logo. I know we were about to right. sign off. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I digress. Yeah. If... Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> if you've not seen this, uh, view- listeners, viewers, uh, check out Ian's uh, Twitter. I think he's, is he Von Aether on Twitter yes. as well? Uh, he occasionally posts up lovely pieces of art that he just comes up with. He seems to be a master of uh, Photoshop and photo mm-hmm. editing. And uh, he made a Followers of Senpai clan <laughs> logo. And it's my favorite thing. Right now, it's got a lovely blushing set, head. <laughs> and it's and like um, one one big anime you know, with, with the tear, <laughs> yeah, the tear in the corner of his eye. You um, haven't seen this, Eddie? No, I haven't. Aren't you friends with Ian? How have you not seen this? <laughs> um, I was I was at a convention and I missed it. Oh my god! Ah, uh, the followers of so kawaii, you know, all that those lovely cultists. Yeah, but he's 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 posted it before. Is the thing? Like, it's not the I, first time that I've seen it. I still may have missed it. I'll definitely look it up. Um, so yeah, shout out to uh, Ian Ian's Twitter account. Also, just usually fun to run. I mean, if he's not trolling one of us, he's posting just amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, so he's Von Aether at Twitter. Um, and uh, you know, Monday meeting notes going up every week. So definitely check that out if you want to know the status. Something that we didn't answer in this panel. So um, as always, many worlds, one pathcast. Mm-hmm.